The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to it at 11.06 Pinpoint Health Show. Yeah, not sure if we can, uh, you're going to be learning how to fly on this show, but learning how to take better care of yourself indeed is what we strive to do each and every Saturday morning. Uh, Dr. Lou is here. You'll want to reach out, 416-870-6400. That's to call in now over the next hour and ask your health questions. Do it. It's simple. It's free, and it's uh, it's right here and ready for you. Again, 11.07, we're ready to go. We hope you are as well. You want any time to go to pinpointhealth.ca. You can reach out, book an appointment online, get in touch with Dr. Lou's uh, amazing team, and don't forget about the Lou Down, the long-form podcast, which is yielding all kinds of great things, very entertaining and very informative. Again, the Lou Down is the way you get into that. My brother, welcome to uh, Saturday morning. How are you feeling? Johnny, good morning. I'm feeling well. I'm, I'm wondering, how do you know that I don't give uh, free flying lessons uh, out there as well? Yeah, you know what? I don't want to ever be in a plane or anything that leaves the ground if you're captaining, my friend. <laughs> my oldest brother is actually a pilot, and uh, and uh, and I've obviously flown in his plane with him when uh, back in the day. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. No, but I, I'm definitely not the right person, as you said, to teach anybody to fly. Uh, I may be the right person to definitely help people uh, and guide them through their health journey and and figuring out sort of. Um, maybe what it is that they're missing in terms of their uh, care, um, where they can mm-hmm. maybe find deficiencies and improvements. Um, that is definitely something that I'm better at. And, yeah, we're here again for another week of uh, the Pinpoint Health Show. And obviously, as, as you alluded to there, the, the phone calls are my favorite thing. I say that every single week, and I, and I try to put that out there just so that if people are listening, they, they call in and ask their, their questions. It really I mean, it's a simple call, and, and, you know, you might be pointed in the right direction on on something. I know a lot of people, when I end up seeing them uh, in the clinic, they're very happy that they actually took that leap of faith and made that call, whether it was on the show or later on at some point, and and just calling um, me in the clinic to sort of see um, what's missing. And and I think, you know, we try to provide good care for sure, great care, uh, but we also try to provide very realistic care. I mean, a lot of times people... Um, you know, and, and I'm putting this out there, it's not like there's these, you know, behind the scenes like treatments or anything that we're, you know, there's an objective that we're trying to sell something or, or whatever. It's just simply, I tell people all the time, my job is really just to provide an assessment. I mean, a lot of emails and calls that I get, one of the first questions that I'll get is I'm wondering if you can help me. And I always tell people, well, that's going to be predicated on, on what the problem is. And, and can I help you to some extent? Yes, but I think there needs to be a conversation about um, the reality of what help means when it comes to a lot of these things. And some things you can help somebody when it comes to musculoskeletal care, pain and injury management, you can help them to the point where they quote unquote will feel cured where it doesn't seem to be there. But then there's other things that that happen where it's really just how do you manage this very well? And I sort of beat this Mm -hmm. over and over again every week. Um, And and, and maybe it's, it's redundant, but I try to really do this because I think it's important for people to realize this. When it comes to pain and injury care, there, there's this perception that things should just be cured, like that, you know, if you get hurt, it should go away and it should never be a problem again, versus if we think of other health 
types of problems, whether it's, say, something like diabetes, which is an example that I use often. Most people can accept that once they've been diagnosed with diabetes, um, you know, there's, now they, they've got to manage that, and that management is going to include self-care, medication, um, and other different types of therapies that they can do to keep themselves healthy. A lot of the time when you're dealing with pain and injury, especially if you're dealing with a chronic issue, it's very much the same. It's a combination of how can you use the professionals out there when it's needed, but also what can you be doing every day of your life to um, make yourself better, whether that's in the form. And, and I always tell people, it's not just what can you do to make yourself better, but sometimes it's also what should you be avoiding. Um, and, and as an example, I saw a person this week um, who has pretty, you know, I'd say severe, moderate to severe osteoarthritis in the knees. And they came in to see me. Now, their pain levels, and this is something, again, that I go over a lot. It doesn't necessarily matter what we see on an image in terms of the severity. What matters more is how does that relate to what the person is describing. And if those two things match up, then fine. So if you would have looked at this person's images without looking, without listening to them, without going deeper into the history, you would take a guess that this person must be in pretty severe pain. Well, actually, the opposite was true. They were there because they have some knee issues, right? And, and they were there more just for what can they do long-term to manage it. And, you know, when I was speaking to this person, older person, but still very, very active, walking a lot, doing a lot of different things. And the conversation really became this person's goal, and this is an important goal, was they wanted to avoid ever. They weren't there because that they were at a point where they needed to you know, need some, some intervention like a knee replacement because they were in such severe pain. Right. They came to see me because they said, what should I be doing to prolong something like that and potentially never get it? And Smart. one of the things, the biggest thing, again, this person is essentially doing everything right with the exception of one thing. When it came to exercise, they were walking a lot. They were using the treadmill at the gym and that stuff. And, and I basically said, I, you know, they're working out, they're doing weights, they're doing all these things. I said, everything else that you're doing is perfectly fine. The one thing that I think you should change is instead of walking at the gym for your cardiovascular activity, pick something like the cycle or the elliptical that's going to yeah. offload any of the pressure on the knees. So, you know, and that's going to be enough to just slow down any degenerative changes, help manage uh, the pain that they're feeling. And pretty much, you know, I, based on the age they were at, I, I mean, you never know this stuff for sure. But I, I would venture to bet that, that they're never going to get to the point where they need a knee replacement. And that, in fact, they're going to do well with self-care. So it was this one little piece of advice that, you know, you could tailor um, and, and not really add much else to it. Because this person and this person, you know, to some extent also unique that they're doing so many of the other things, right? Good shape active a lot of people get these types of things and they actually slow themselves down and that actually will create more of the symptoms that the people feel and this is where a conversation that i that i also have when i see people and a lot of the times the story is the opposite where they had a little bit of pain and they thought that doing stuff is going to make them worse so they cut everything out and then they just deteriorate even further um and i'm not a proponent for that i don't i think you need to be able to control and modify but keeping active when it comes to pain and injury is very, very important. It's just a matter of how do you do it in a safe way that's okay for what's going on with you and actually provides benefit. Because again, in that example, 
it's great that that person's trying to keep active, but walking yeah. an hour, you know, five kilometers every day is probably not the best thing if you're trying to slow down knee osteoarthritis versus if you get on the bike for an hour every day, well, you're going to get the cardiovascular benefit. You're going to get all of the great benefits of, of the cardio. You just eliminate the impact on the knees. And, and, and then she can walk for the other things in her life, like the regular times when you would have to walk and do whatever it is you have to do. So, it is very much about just understanding, you know, where can you make some small modifications with what you're dealing with? And if you can make those small modifications, those can have pretty, although they're small, they can have pretty big impact, a pretty big impact in the overall prognosis. I mean, let me ask you this question. I, I, I think I know the answer already, but uh, this particular client you're speaking of, I'm assuming that because, I mean, it's wear and tear, but they're doing everything right, there's not a weight issue? I mean, I know there's some sort of no. scale about for every 10 pounds of excess body weight, put so much pressure on joints, but I, I would assume this person's in fairly good health. Weight no, the, 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 and this is what I meant when I said they're otherwise doing everything right. No, they, they right. very great diet, like no nothing that's pro-inflammatory, uh, great um, weight control, and in fact, very good shape. Like um, so, no, everything else was right, but they were complaining of that they're starting to feel their knees, and it was a family history that the mother I, was. Yeah, the mother had also had knee problems and eventually needed knee replacements. So this person was being proactive, and really what they wanted is they've listened to the show a lot, and they've said, and they essentially sat there and said, "I just want the advice." on what I can do to prolong this. Now, that's not everybody's case, right? A lot of people, you're absolutely right. A lot of the times, especially when you're dealing with knees and hips and anything in the lower extremity, that extra weight gain is going gonna, is gonna to add problems to that, which is why a lot of the times when we see people who are, you know, obese and they've got these issues, we, we're encouraging them to get their weight under control. In fact, I know of some surgeons out there that won't replace a knee unless the person gets their weight under control because they understand, like, there's no point to this, right? Like, right. if you're not healthy and you're not doing this, and, and remember, again, when we're dealing with surgery, surgery is the right thing if we're dealing with a functional problem. Like, something is wrong, like, you know, but when it comes to just pain, like, if you're just trying to eliminate pain and you're not really trying to improve range of motion or stability or all these other things, that may not necessarily be the right time to have surgery. So this is why it's so important where, People think that that's, you know, surgery because it's the most invasive of all the medical procedures. Well, it must be the best. That's not always the case. Like anything in healthcare, it's really about matching up the right patient profile with the right intervention. And, and there are times, of course, when surgery is, is absolutely the right answer. There's times when medication is the right answer. There's times when conservative therapy is the right answer. And there's also times where a bit of all of those are the right answer at the same time or in different time periods or whatever. So that's the individual, individual aspect of getting your diagnosis, right? Getting your own diagnosis specific to you and your plan of management, um, which sort of goes into, you know, people self-diagnosing themselves. It was interesting. I saw... Um, a person that I know who's a health professional um, and, and uh, on social media and, and they do, and, and they had this thing where it was like, you know, how to self-diagnose, whatever. Uh, I can't remember, mm. I think a type of headache or whatever. And I was pretty baffled to think like, you know, number one, anybody that's listened to this show, you know, more than one time knows what I think about self-diagnosis. It's, it's just not the right thing to do. I'm very much a proponent of, you know, 
professionals need to be doing their jobs, and that's consistent not just for healthcare but for everything. You should be listening to the professionals. This idea of self-diagnosis is such a dangerous thing because you're more likely to get it wrong than you are to get it right. And then when you've got it wrong, you try different things, and when you've tried those different things and they don't work, you potentially just let the problem go on longer than it should. You become discouraged. You create chronicity. There's, it's a whole mess. Yeah. And so I was pretty baffled to think, wow, there's healthcare professionals out there that, you know, and I get why they're doing this. I, this was not malicious by any intent. Right. But, but you got to stop and think there, like, that is not necessarily the best approach to be self-diagnosing. Let's take a short break. you got time to uh, fill up those phone lines. Uh, that's why we are here. Uh, Mick, we'll get to you right after we come back. Uh, you as well, feel free to call in, spend some time, get some answers. It'll cost you nothing, and it might open up a few uh, few doors as well. 416-870-6400. You want to go to pinpointhealth.ca as well and look at the uh, information and book online uh, with Dr. Lou as well. We'll continue Pinpoint Health Show right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 1121. Welcome back to the Pinpoint Health Show. Dr. Lou here to answer your questions. You want to go online to pinpointhealth.ca for lots more information. You can book online. Full COVID-19 procedures are in full effect, so no problems there. And you want to check out the Lou down the uh, full long-form podcast that Dr. Lou does pretty much weekly. But right here, right now, 416-870-6400 is a way to call through, ask your questions, get down the road to recovery, at least get some answers. Mick, thanks for uh, hanging on through the break. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Um, Dr. Luke, question about a sprained ankle. Yeah, um, sure. I rolled it about two weeks ago at the cottage. Um, it was bruising and swelling for a few days. I'm just getting a bit of conflicting info from a GP and a chiropractor. Sure. So the GP okay. kind of said, your rice uh, approach, but rest it as much as you can and wrap it. Whereas the chiro said, rest is good, don't wrap it. Um, if you walk on it, it's a bit. It's, it's actually helps in the healing process. So just want to make sure I'm not making things worse. I just want to get your opinion on it. Yeah. Um, is it is it swollen and bruised? It was initially for about three four days, but that that's all gone now. So it's no longer swollen or bruised. Or okay. and we're going about two weeks now since the spring. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's it feels like it's on the mend. Um, so I yeah. kind of took the Cairo's approach on it. I didn't wrap it. Uh, I didn't things and. I wasn't yeah. hesitant to walk on it. So yeah, so I, I, I tend, yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I don't think the wrapping is all that important. Um, you should still be applying ice to it a few times a day for sure. Um, maybe, maybe wrap it like put some pressure with the ice because then at least you know there's pressure and ice, so that will really help more and elevate it. So that'll help with any potential swelling that's in there. Um, but I think the biggest thing you're doing the right things by taking it, controlling it, like. You're taking it easy, but doing it in a controlled manner. So you are still walking, doing things, yep. which is all fine. Uh, that's good. Like not doing anything is, is if it if it was still bruised and and swollen, that would indicate probably a more severe type of sprain. Then I would have said maybe a little bit more rest. But the fact that that's all gone, it seems like it probably wasn't a horrible one. So it seems like you're on the right path. I think you know the other thing you'll have to do at a at a certain point is really start the, the strengthening process in that ankle because the reality about ankle sprains is once they happen, they're, you, they're just more likely to happen again and again and again, and you can eventually get to the point where your ankle could become unstable. So 
Um, and probably it sounds like the chiropractor that you're working with is, is sort of doing the right stuff. They'll probably also give you like proprioception training where you're just, you know, trying to strengthen the, the ability for that foot to be strong in a lot of different positions. Uh, right. But yeah, I, I would say generally, it sounds like you're, you're on the right path. All right. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, Mick. Appreciate the call. You want to uh, you want to follow up? You can do so anytime. Uh, you can reach out. Uh, phone call would be uh, would be perfect as well. You can do that. One eight five five Doctor Lou D R L O U is the way to do that. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou. More of your phone calls four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. You know, uh, Doctor Lou, I was reading an article just earlier this morning, and it was interesting, and it, it kind of um, dovetails nicely into what you were talking about. Your client doing all the right things in the previous segment and being in good shape and just trying to get some some knee painting wanting to get in front of it before it becomes you know too much of a burden and, and the gist of this article was interesting it said it's actually better to maintain movement and be physically active throughout the day all day beginning in the morning rather than going to the gym for one hour and saying that's good enough now i can be sedentary for the remaining 12 it was interesting because oh. a lot of people i think would do that saying you know i did my hour workout at the gym i sweat i did the treadmill lifted some weights now sitting at the desk and uh, you know doing my desk job is not going to affect me as badly but this article said the other one not, not the there's anything wrong with being at the gym but this article basically said you're better off being active as you've always said every 15 20 minutes get up and go walk for 10 minutes and do that in addition to the gym but don't 100%. sit around all day yes yeah 100 yeah, uh, and and i agree with what you're saying there this is this doesn't mean um that you know don't don't go to the gym you're right it's the best approach like if you're just going and doing your hour workout and that is an excuse for you to say, well, I'm otherwise going to be incredibly lazy at every other point. That is that you're, you're right. You would be much better off by saying, no, I'm actually not even going to go. And I'm just not going to be lazy with everything else. And I'm going to move around more and more. You will burn. Listen, in, in an hour in the gym, there's only really so many calories that you can burn, right? Like at the end of the day, there's sort of a ceiling in terms of unless you know, you're going crazy, really where you get the biggest gain is over a long period of time, right? So this is also why certain people um, are, are, are fitter than others. Some people just have very active jobs, and then they also do activity, like other working out at the gym or whatever it may be. That provides a whole other level of benefit. But, but absolutely, there is no excuse. Like, you know, one hour is great. It's better than nothing. For sure, but I don't think people should be tricked into believing that because, you know, they go to the gym and they do their moderate workout for one hour, then that's an excuse to, to really not do anything else or not try to be active. It, it, it's good to be as active as possible. Active living, right? Like, it all goes back. Like, we, we're always, you know, there's always these new diets and new workout things that come out and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, you think you're reinventing the wheel, and, and we never really – it's just really we we already know sort of what it takes right like it's just controlling calories eating healthier foods right and healthier foods mean generally will mean things that are not produced in a factory right like we can almost all agree on that now whether you take that to mean more you're going to go more of a keto or more plant-based whatever certain things will work better for other people but at the end of the day when you look at it what you're really doing is is you're limiting caloric intake you're making better food choices that generally mean just not processed foods that are made in a factory, and then you're being active in your life, doing as many things as possible, um, and then, you know, including some type of moderate activity, you know, at least three to four times uh, a week. And then, you know, that's sort of, you know, this, this golden 
idea to health that everyone seems to think like, oh, I, I can't wait to figure it out. Well, that, that's really what it is. I mean, consistently, the research seems to show that a combination of these things works well. It's just, again, there's, um, there's a lot of things where you're, you're getting conflicting messages on this diet may be better than that diet and this type of workout is better than that type of workout. But again, you know, you've got to sit there and think how much of that is also due to just um, capitalism, people trying to make money off yeah. of different things. At the end of the day, uh, again, I, I think the, the recipe is not all that hard. It's, it's healthy eating um, and, and some physical activity. And, and whether you want, again, whether you want to go more keto or vegetarian and whether you want to be more high-intensity training or more long, low-intensity training, whatever, I, I do think that different things work for different people. That's where you should try to see what's best for you. But at the end of the day, if we had to take it back to its general principle, the general principle is, is active living, healthy eating, and some exercise, and you're pretty well going to you know, do pretty good in terms of warding off a lot of comorbidities um, and other things that could potentially go wrong. You want to uh, chime in on this, uh, the open phone lines. We do the show for you. It is live. It is for your benefit, and we love having you on air, 1129. It is uh, 416-870-6400. I know the old general rule is, you know, when you go grocery shopping, you stick to the outside perimeter of the grocery store, and you'll be in fairly good shape because that's generally not where they hide all the processed crap. There's yeah. that too, and it's it's so true what you say. I mean, it's I mean, people are living longer, yes, possibly because of medical intervention, and we've got better knowledge and better technology. But if you look at old archival photos from the 20s and 30s, first of all, everyone's dressed well, you know, that's kind of yeah. a lost art. But yeah. everyone, there's very few obese people, you know, they're they're, they're well, skinny yeah. if anything. They're all just walking around. They look the same. Well, we've you know that's that's the North American uh, thing. We've got a lot of food here, right? And so uh, you know, other yeah. parts of the world, it's not necessarily like that. But we definitely have an abundance of food um, in North America, and and because of that, you know, we we indulge and and we do these things, and a lot more people are overweight. And the reality is, to so much more of our lives. I mean, when you can think back to 30 years ago, something as simple as turning on your television required you to get up, right? Now now you barely <laughs> have so to true. get up to turn anything on in your house, right? You you can change the thermostat from your phone. You can turn the lights on. It's like, so true. You know, we've eliminated every single possibility of, uh, of, of movement. And it's funny because, you know, when you think of evolution, right, and you know when you see the um, the evolutionary chain starting with, you know, some type of an ape and then standing up and you get there. The belief is that at some point in the future, really, if you look at the evolutionary chain, we'll probably have bigger heads, smaller bodies with much less muscle mass, you know, probably a little bit uh, less muscle mass in terms of and more distributed around the abdomen, uh, longer fingers like that would be the evolutionary chain because that's sort of, you know, what we're doing. Um, yeah. And and it's pretty funny we've any simple thing that required movement is is consistently being eliminated as much as possible um and and because of that th that goes back to those ideas where you're just eliminating all that extra calorie burning right like you know that adds up you know getting up every time to to, to turn the tv on or off or change yep. the channel over a period of 10 years is going to be a lot of different calories now i'm happy they invented remotes for sure like but uh, you get what i'm saying like at a certain point we may just be too excessive in, in the convenience factor in terms of not wanting to move to do anything. And, and that's a problem, which means maybe we have to be getting up to move for other things. And think about what's happening right now with COVID. This is now, add this as another layer of complexity. More and more people will now shop online. More and more people will do so much of their 
um, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, you go see your accountant or your family doctor or whatever, so much more of this is now even done virtually. So we're eliminating even further the need to move. And, and at some point, um, you know, the further we go in this, there'll be very few things where you actually have to get up and move. You can order your food, get it to your house, uh, whatever it is, uh, grocery stores, they've got the pickups. There's, there's so many different things where we're, we're eliminating that. And so uh, it's interesting. You know, when you when you look at it, we we're taking that that whole ability from humanity away, especially in the Western world. And, you know, again, if once our evolution catches up to where we're at, that may be one thing. Maybe it will be protected against a lot of these uh, um, chronic health conditions that we deal with. But until now, we still have got bodies that are designed for about 10,000 years ago. And life was very different then. Yeah, you know, it's funny, and you've been to my, my, my place. I'm up here in the third floor corner of the house in my, in my studio doing the show because of COVID. Obviously, we're not down at the, uh, at the yeah. uh, Global Studios. And I can, from my phone sitting right here within arm's length, I can turn off the TV, which is on downstairs right now. I don't have to go downstairs because yeah. it's yeah. done Wi-Fi. I can sit here and turn off the TV. I can run up the stereo. I don't have to move crazy. my ass at all. It's crazy. Yeah, you, could, you, can, you can do so many things. Like yeah, I, I can be... Like my garage door opener, like I, I could be like in a different city and go on an app and open it. Yeah. Like it, it's insane, the, the amount of convenience <laughs> that we have, which again, is incredible. But I just think people, I think the message here is I don't think either you or I are trying to say that this is all bad. Fine, it's great. But then just move for other things, whether that's recreation, like go for more walks, right? Be a little more active, go for hikes, just this, this is not crazy stuff. I'm not saying you have to go run marathons and stuff. In fact, the literature is pretty clear that it's the moderate intensity type of activities that are the things that you wouldn't think that are actually the best at just helping to control health. Just getting your heart rate a little bit elevated compared to just sitting there is going to be a lot of benefit. And so move around, do some things, force yourself to to sometimes say, no, I'm going to get up to do the thermostat. Like maybe keep some of those things in your life for for the way they were and then use it for convenience like you know maybe there's a point where you can't get up and so yeah then you use those features but i don't know yeah. I mean, you and i are old school john that's right not old school but not old 416-870-6400 you still got lots of time to call in it's eleven thirty-four. pinpoint health show reach out we'll get right back to it after a short break here global news radio you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11:38, and welcome back to it, Pinpoint Health Show. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou anytime. We're not on the air here. One eight five 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 Dr. Lou D R L O U. There's also info at PinpointHealth.ca and the long form podcast. The Lou Down is available wherever you get and search your favorite podcast. But here and right now, we got to. Lots of time and open phone lines here for the remainder of the show, and that is uh, 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400, live show here on Saturday morning. And you got some uh, some basic health questions or something that's been uh, paining you for some time? Just want a uh, quick answer, maybe get you down the right road to uh, to recovery or at least management anyway. You want to make give us a call. We would uh, love to have you here on the air. Have you already, uh, Dr. Lou, started to notice an uptick of people at least calling or maybe arriving the at the clinics as a result of, like we just discussed in the previous segment, being possibly possibly a little more sedentary due to COVID-19. Maybe the backs are creeping up, the knees are getting a little bad, shoulders are starting to flare up. Have you noticed that yet, or do you think it's going to happen soon? 
Yeah, no, for sure. The one thing that I could say, I, I feel like there are a lot of patients that are existing patients that are coming in with those things where I think there's been hesitation is for new patients, even with, for example, like wow. the amount of people that I would typically see from a direct result of this radio show has been down. And, and I wonder, I, I'm not sure what that's due to, but I think people are still being conservative to go anywhere that's new. Maybe if it's a familiar place, you know the people, you know the environment, that's if maybe something that feels safer for people. But definitely I, I can say in that demographic of people that are sort of existing patients, um, yeah, there's been an uptick in those types of things. I could tell you that during COVID, uh, a, a lot of people just had the regular stuff that they deal with that they try to manage uh, creep up, and, and that's why they've come back to sort of um, want to get that under control. So, so that's been the reality of that. But in terms of new people, I mean, I, I would think that they're dealing with the exact same things. Um, I just think there's probably a level of them being conservative and not necessarily wanting to go to new places um, or try different things that it's sort of out of their uh, routine. But I do think at this point, people do sort of, you know, with caution, of course, but I do think we need to be all trying to move back towards uh, like a normal uh, living. Like if you were going to otherwise seek healthcare and see somebody new or go check something out, I think most places, I think we're doing very well um, in Canada and Ontario. I think, you know, people should start to, venture out and, and get back to their lives in a controlled manner, of course. And I, yes. you know, again, everybody has their own different lives. People may live with people that are at higher risk, of course, use discretion a hundred percent. But um, I think if you're otherwise healthy and, and, and you're, you're relatively safe, I think to, and controlled, right? Wear your mask when you're in public places, wash your hands, yep. like all of these things that you just keep hearing over and over again. I don't even talk about it anymore because I think it's sort of beating a dead horse and, and it just makes sense. Like, I, I think it's Agreed. better. You know, I was literally at my dentist this morning before the show getting my regular cleaning and, you know, they were wearing more gear, all this stuff. I, I actually think it's a better thing, like going forward with or without COVID. Um, Agreed. You know, it's it just, it, it's the way that it should be done. And, and I think in doing all of these things, we're not only going to minimize the impact of COVID, but we're going to minimize the impact of the seasonal flus, colds, all of these other things that are also yeah. a detriment to, to our productivity, our economy, all these things. I mean, it's the worst thing to get sick. So if we can start to do these things that increase the hygiene of everybody, we're going to see a downtick, I think, in, in everything overall. And I can't imagine that that's a bad thing. I think that's actually a very good thing that we we try to control these things a little bit more and, and do these measures. Uh, I mean, for some parts of the world, again, it's already the norm. It's been the norm for yep. a long time to, to try to do this. So, you know, I think this is, again, something that may be part of the evolutionary chain of things. 416-870-6400 is the number. Get to, uh, to May. Hi, May. Thanks for hanging on. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you? Fantastic. Hi, what's, uh, what's going on with you? Okay, so I've been walking a lot during the COVID because I have the extra time. I've been off from work. Yep. And so I walk about an, an hour every day. Right. Sometimes a little bit more. And right. I wanted right. to know, I'm not sure whether this question was asked before, but I wanted to know if there's a proper technique when I'm walking so I don't cause injury in the future, especially maybe like knee injury. Because sometimes I hear people say they walk a lot and all of a sudden they're having problems with their knee. 
Yeah. So, so is there a proper technique? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'll, and I'll try to help guide you in that, and thank you for your call. So I would say there is an ideal pattern that is the right pattern for every individual because we're all designed differently, right? So, so we have to start with that. It, there's no blanket statement. There's nothing that I could say, you know, if, if every single person on earth walks and does this way, that's better. That's not really the – it doesn't work that way. Can you look – like, you know, sometimes I will functionally look at a person and, and assess the way they already walk, the way they already move, and say, okay, here's maybe what you could be doing. Maybe you could be changing this. Or maybe it's, it's a matter of – you know, another thing that's very big with walking is in terms of a quick change that most people can make is, is matching up the right shoe for the right foot. Um, and and that's, that's a big problem that a lot of people don't do. I, and people will go to, you know, uh, somewhere, a, a sports store, and say, I need a walking shoe. And, and they'll just pick the one that looks nice or feels good. That's not necessarily always the best. Some types mm-hmm. of feet require certain types of shoes that, you know, either will provide more protection in terms of stability. Some, some feet are very stable already because they have high arches, so maybe you want something with more mobility. And that's a lot of the recommendation that I make for people. The, the unfortunate reality is unless I see your foot and assess your gait, I, I can't tell you that which is the right one. But that, a lot of the times, is a very simple thing that you could do is just understanding that. And then generally, I would also say listen to your body um, when you are walking. So if overall you're doing well, then that's great. But sometimes people will start to describe low-level pains initially when they're walking, saying, you know, I get this funny little thing that happens on the side of my leg. It only bothers me for like 20 minutes after walking, and then it goes away. But that may just be the beginning of a bigger problem later on. So don't ignore those little things thinking, well, because it's not a big pain, it must not be a big problem. It could Mm -hmm. be the beginning of something bigger. So, I mean, I'm happy, again, to to see you, to assess you, and, and sort of see how you walk. Uh, the, you know, how your foot is structured and all those things and see if there's some small modifications. I would say generally, if it's not broken, don't fix it either. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're doing what you're doing, you feel good. There's no problems there. Then, you know, go, go do what you're doing. Uh, but, you know, getting that type of functional assessment is not a bad idea because you can also identify where people have um, weak links. Like in general, I could tell mm-hmm. you that women. So again, this is hard to sort of, describe on the radio but i'll do my best if you look Mm -hmm. at the legs i mean and you look at gravity and and pressure and forces the way they go through women have a wider pelvis because of child uh being able to to birth children which changes Mm -hmm. the angle of the knee so a lot of times women will get more issues on the inside of their knee and that's not Mm -hmm. by accident it's because there's actually more pressure there because of the Mm -hmm. the design of the pelvis so sometimes it's also about creating getting shoes or orthotics that can you know, maybe disperse some of that. So there are things mm. for sure. To answer your question, I don't think I've given you sort of a clean cut answer, maybe as you were hoping for, but there are ways to do it, but you have to look at the individual. There's no blanket statement for it. May, appreciate your time. I hope that started to answer your question, but yeah, yeah, do follow up with Dr. Lou indeed. There's no harm in that. It'll uh, be all benefit. one 855 Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U, help at or info at pinpointhealth.ca is the way to go through email, May. And we'll get to your phone calls as well as we uh, got a few more minutes to go here. Cheryl, we'll get to you and Mav uh, as we continue on here. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. 
The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome on back. It is uh, 11.50 a.m. here. Going to roll just before uh, 12 o'clock. Pinpoint Health Show, 416-870-6400. Want to get your calls. Want to get you answered. Cheryl, thank you for uh, for hanging on for a few minutes. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. What's uh, What's on your mind? Um, I'm growing these um, lumps on my knuckles. The knuckles are closest to my actual hand. Right. And they're quite painful. And they bother me all the way up my in my tendons, in the in the back of my hand and my wrist, and sometimes all the way up into the top of my forearm. Okay. How old are you? 59. And any history of arthritis in your parents? We do, but yeah. uh, my my one grandmother had um, uh, I can't think of the term, but it um... rheumatoid arthritis. Sorry, rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah. As generally, and it's funny. I was explaining this to somebody this week where I was trying to explain their knee, and and they described to me. They said, you know, my knee feels like it's the bones are getting bigger. And, and that is what happens. That's what degeneration is. It, people think the term degeneration sounds like you're losing something. But when we say degeneration, you're losing joint space, but you're actually developing more bone. Um, and that's through a process called Wolf's Law, where um, calcium buildup calcifies and becomes more bone, and that process continues to happen. So generally, as we age, all of the joints uh, will start to actually get, when you look at the size of the joints compared to when you're younger, they get bigger because that degenerative process is happening in everybody. Um, then there's instances where that degenerative process can happen more, um, whether it's due to osteoarthritis or an autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis. So even with the knuckles, if someone, like, say you, you've worked at a computer your whole life and you've used your hands a lot, um, that potentially can be a result of just manual osteoarthritis. Um, I think you would probably, you know, with the history of the, the rheumatoid arthritis, that's not a bad thing to, to investigate. I, I, and again, I'd have to see it. It's, it's hard to obviously say anything when you're, when you're just hearing a description over the radio. Um, but yeah, you, you definitely would want to see um, where you're at, maybe even something as simple as a plain film x-ray just to see uh, the degenerative changes going on. And, and that soreness and all the pain going up the arm may be related to just overuse and, and the degenerative process. Now, again, that is a process that happens in everybody, but for whatever reason, depending on individual characteristics, um, that may be exacerbated or may be causing more symptoms than you would otherwise expect. Right. Okay. So, I, I mean, I can have someone give you a call and, and we could take a look at it or follow up with your family doctor or your healthcare professional, and, and I think that's a good place to start just to see what, what this is. The, the, essentially what I'm saying, part one, is figure out what's causing the growth. Is it osteoarthritis? Is it another form of arthritis? Is it something else? You, you have to investigate it in order to know. Cheryl, appreciate your time. Yeah, one eight five 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 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, to reach out. Do so. You can go online to, as well to pinpointhealth.ca to, uh, to follow up. Uh, Mav, thanks for standing by. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Well, I had a question about, like, if someone uh, is very has a very physically intense job, like if they're a nurse and they're running around a lot, do you still recommend that they should do the traditional, like, three to five hours of exercise a week with, like, HIIT training and things like that? 
or should they um, reduce that or do some other kind of exercise? Yeah, so I think that goes back to sort of how we started the the conversation on today's show was talking about, and and nursing is a great example of one of those professions where you're always on the go. You have that level of activity all the time. Uh, I think that's when you go back to saying, you know, if, if, if you were in a job where you never get that intensity, then I would say maybe your workout should focus on being more intense. But because there's a lot of intensity there, I still think that, again, when you look at, if you're asking me in terms of what does the research support in terms of decreasing all-cause mortality, it goes back to just general healthy eating and moderate physical activity for half an hour, three to five times a week. So moderate physical activity is even classified as like breaking seats, right, or going for a brisk walk. It's not super intense stuff. So I would say something who's already very active, like a job like nursing, like you've described, probably things in recommendations moderate physical activity three to four, maybe five times a week, you're, you're probably doing the right thing. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. We're going to move on here. Still got a uh, couple minutes to go, so we'll get uh, Kim on. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind today? Okay. I had a, a shoulder injury of the rotating cup, and yep. I got a pinched nerve in the neck, and I have uh, physio, yoga, and different types of uh, uh Activity and I'm having trouble with pillows. With what? Sorry, pillows. Pillows. Okay. I find like pillows like every month, and I can't seem to find one that helps the neck injury. Yeah, well, that's that's probably because none of you know. Typically, when I hear people say this, it's it's not going to be the pillow that's going to be making the difference, right? So. Um, you can have the best pillow in the world. If you've got an underlying neck issue, that's not going to be the cure for your neck pain. You know, it's probably going to be, number one, it's probably more important how you sleep, like how you use that pillow. What's the position of your body? Are you in neutral, et cetera? That's one thing. But again, with these chronic types of neck injuries, it goes back to doing the right exercises and rehabilitation for that neck. And then really the pillow is sort of, um, something that is secondary in all of this, a device that can help hold an effect. But, you know, if, if people are relying on a pillow to be the cure of the neck pain, that's why a lot of these pillow companies make a lot of money because it sort of would be a very simple thing. But uh, it, unfortunately, it just doesn't exist. There's no one pillow is, is going to be the cure for neck pain. It might yes. have a better comfort level, sure, uh, but that's not the right way to try to to, to manage uh, or to, you know, really the, the biggest bang for your buck in terms of, of getting um, that thing. And if you've gone through that many, chances are that that pillow doesn't exist, right? So I would stick with the one that's most comfortable for you and, and really work on um, developing an exercise rehabilitation program for the neck that you do, maybe even some type of program just prior to going to bed. Uh, that can help loosen up the neck and do different things, and that might improve the quality of sleep and and would help you much more uh, in the long run with your neck issue. Kim, appreciate that, and that's the way we will wrap it for today. You want to reach out to Dr. Lou, do so now that we're done on air for this particular hour. That is uh, real simple. Do it, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. You can simply go to pinpointhealth.ca, catch the long-form podcast called The Lou Down, and info at pinpointhealth.ca as well. Ready to help you. Give them a call, and uh, we'll catch you next weekend here at the Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. 
The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.